Jesus, we worship you. We exalt you this morning. Christ, we are here to be in relationship with you this morning. You indeed sacrificed yourself that we might know you and know life, that we might find reconciliation with you and with others around us. And so as we come before you this morning, we give you thanks for who you are and the sacrifice that you have made for us. And this morning we ask and pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to stand in your grace, to stand in your word, to stand when trials, when temptations, when struggles and difficulties come against us. Give us the courage to stand upon the sacrifice you made for us, Give us the courage to sacrifice our own lives, our own selves, as we commit ourselves to your cause and your kingdom, to your love in this world. Help us endure every moment of every day, all the difficulties. Give us the strength to stand in the fire and the flame. And in doing so, knowing your goodness to be strengthened and encouraged. Meet us this morning in the preaching and teaching of your word. Meet us in bread and wine, body and blood. Meet us in one another this morning as we worship you and praise you, our God and King above every king. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to have a seat and why don't you watch the screens this morning. We finish up our series, Stand, uh, today, and that means uh, next Sunday, uh, as Anna mentioned, we're going to kick off a new series about stories around Christmas. So I hope you're going to be with us for all of Christmas and that season. It'll be an awesome experience as we look at uh, different people in the Christmas story and, and how God used them. Uh, but for today, we'll finish up uh, with uh, Daniel, and it's about standing in the fire. You know, if we would do one of those survey things that I don't like, I'm sure that I could uh, guess the answer to one of them. And if we do a survey thing that said, listen, is there anybody in the room that's had a bad day? My assumption would be everybody would go, amen, right? Amen. Yeah, I thought, well, we're going to kind of talk about bad gays today, but a little more significant than that. I thought I'd give you some uh, examples just to wake you up here and uh, think about, so what are bad days look like, right? So for instance, this guy's probably having a bad day, right? He's probably having a bad day. The ferry is not supposed to be tilted. I don't think that's the way that works, right? Uh, I can tell you for sure the people in that convertible are going to have a bad day, right? They are going to have a bad day. Now, as I show you the next one, remember I grew up on the farm, and so this is okay by me, but this young woman is about to also have a bad day, I think, there, right? Oops, sorry about that, okay? And finally, you know, it doesn't end, right? Your bad days... It just may not end, right, if you're not in Christ at least, right? Okay, well, anyway, bad days. Well, you know, funny stuff, but the, the key for us today is to talk about what about when life isn't so funny? What about the experiences that are just dang difficult? You know, the experiences, those seasons 
that we all go through that just put us in the fire. And we're all going to go through them. How do we stand? How do we stand when life really gets serious and difficult? Third chapter of Daniel is the place we get the lesson. So if you got your Bible app, get it out the third chapter of Daniel. I can't read the whole, uh, the whole chapter, but you can later on. Uh, great experience. And once again, it's one of those Old Testament stories that we use that term, right? Old Testament story. Uh, but we've got to remember, these are real guys. These are real guys. And they were having some really tough times. We're going to see it. They're going to have some really tough times. And they have some cues for us to learn, some things that we can glean when we face the same tough times. So here's the experience. There's the King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar gets a great idea that he needs to um, build a gold statue, and uh, he needs to have everybody in the kingdom uh, worship that gold statue. And uh, he 90 feet tall gold statue, and he puts out the order, and he says, listen, uh, when the band kicks up, you know, all those things there, the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, that's the brass band, whenever the brass band picks up, everybody is supposed to bow down in the kingdom and worship Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. And notice verse 6. He includes not only what they're supposed to do, but being a good parent, he gives them the consequences up front, right? Parents, take note. He gives them the consequences up front. He says, anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be, th be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now, this is an important thing to know. The young guys that we're going to look at today, they know up front, before they take their stand, they know up front the consequences. They have an attitude of sacrifice that says, I know up front what the outcome of this is going to be. That is not in question. They know. And yet they're willing to take a stand, and that stand puts them right in the furnace. It puts them in the fire. It puts them in that difficult experience. It gives them a really hard day. Everybody's supposed to worship, but three guys say, named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they decide they are not going to worship the gold statue, and so they take their stand. Nebuchadnezzar flies into a rage over this, says, bring them to me. He gets them in front of me, says, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I have set up? I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then, and then, what God will be able to rescue you from my power. There's an important lesson in what's going on in this moment. When we experience difficult seasons, really difficult seasons, one of the first things that will happen to us is the temptation to compromise. The temptation to compromise. Look what's happened to these three guys. King Nebuchadnezzar has set the rules. He said, this is the way it's going to work. 
Everybody bows down. You don't bow down, you go into the furnace. And they choose to make a stand. What would have been the easiest thing for them to do? Compromise. Compromise who they are. Compromise their identity in God. Compromise their ethics. Compromise what they understand to be a person of God. The easiest thing for them to do would have been to compromise. And they get a chance to do that, not just once, but twice. Nebuchadnezzar says, listen, I'm going to give you a second chance. Just, I'll give you one more chance, give you a second chance here. We believe in second chances. This is not a good one. Right? One more. The principle is when difficult times come, when seasons of difficulty come, what runs, what's at stake first and foremost right away is the temptation for us to compromise. And it won't come at us just once. It won't just be a one-time deal. It will continue to wear at us to just compromise. So your marriage isn't doing so good. Why don't you just compromise? I mean, after all, 50% of marriages in our culture end up in a divorce. Why should you be any different? Work's not going so good. It's been a long time since you've had a sale. Well, just compromise a little bit on your business ethics so you can close a deal. But you know what will happen if you close that deal? Then there's going to be a second chance. And all you do is compromise one more time, and you close another deal. And all of a sudden, you've lost who you are in Christ. That's the way it is. In those seasons of difficulties, one of the first things that happens to us is this pressure. The evil one brings this pressure on us to compromise who God says we are. To compromise our identity of who God says we are. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these young guys, are in that position that they should simply, easily compromise who they are. And they take a stand. They take a stand. Look how they respond to the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego reply, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. What an awesome statement. What an awesome statement. King, you... You maybe think you're all-powerful, but I'll tell you what. We don't need to even think about compromising to what you want. This is not a question for us. We know who we are. We know. Now remember, remember, back in the first message we gave you on this, in this series, right? What happened to Daniel and these young guys? They were happy, comfortable, everything was good in Jerusalem until Nebuchadnezzar came in and did what? destroyed the whole place, right? Turned Jerusalem into rubble, turned their temple into rubble, destroyed the whole place, probably killed their families, ripped them away from everything that they knew was secure and safe for them, took them totally away from all of that and deported them over into this foreign place, Babylon. He had ripped everything they valued out of their life. And what do they say in this one moment? We will not compromise we will take a stand because we know who we are. You can take everything away from us. You can rip everything out of our lives. But you cannot take who we are in God. That's pretty awesome, dang incredible. Amen? That is pretty dang awesome incredible. You see, these guys understood the world can try to take everything the world values away from us. 
it's taking nothing. The only thing of value is who God makes us in Christ. And that the world can't take away. Only we can give it away when we compromise it. Did you follow that? See, these guys were in the fire and they took a stand because they understood what was the greatest and most important thing in their life and that was standing in their identity as one of God's own people. This shouldn't surprise us as New Testament people either. In 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. He's talking to Christ followers, right? He's saying, listen, if you're a Christ follower, you know this. You ought to get this. The world can rip everything else out of your life, but this it can't take, right? You have something the world cannot take. You look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter says, you call on a father who judges each person's works without favoring one over another. So live as outsiders during your time here. Live with the highest respect for God. How are we supposed to live? Live as, what's the word? Saying, listen, this isn't our place. This isn't our home. What the world values, not us. We're a different breed. We're something else. Because we value first and foremost our identity in Christ. And the world can't take that away. We can only give it away and compromise it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they take a stand on who they are, their identity in God. How could they do that? They could take a stand, and we can take that stand in those times of difficulty because we remind ourselves we live under a promise. We live under a promise. If you look at the text in Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they respond to the king and they say, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, then God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. I love they throw that your majesty thing on the end. It's like, that's a little, that feels like kind of a stick, doesn't it? Like you think you know, you think you're the man, right? You think you're, I mean, you're the one that ripped up, ripped us away from everything. You thought that was really powerful, but listen, you are nothing. You are nothing compared to our God. That's what they're saying. Listen, you're nothing compared to our God. And our God, our God is able. You see, they take that stand. They don't compromise their identity because they know the identity of who God is. How cool is that? They don't compromise their identity because they know the identity of of who God is. And their God is able. Their God is able. Whatever the challenge is, whatever the difficulty is, whatever might be going on, they know their God is able. They know their God is able to recover a marriage. They know their God is able to restore a career. They know their God is able to renew a family. They know their God is absolutely able. And that's where they take their stand. They keep their identity because they know the identity of who God is. And they live under the promise that they are a favored one. They are a favored one in God. And if you're a Christ follower, that's where we live. That's what we got going on. Unlike anybody else in the world, we live under a promise. We are a promised people. We live under a promise. Look at Revelations 2. 
and these are people going through hard times, difficult times, says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You'll suffer for 10 days, but if you remain faithful, faithful even when facing death, I will give you, say it with me, the crown of promise. We live under a promise. The world can do whatever it wants to do. It cannot take away our identity in Christ and the promise that he won for us. Can't take it away. We can live, stand in the fire, because we know we live under the promise. Does that mean we live under a promise so everything's going to be great, our life's going to be smooth, everything's going to be wonderful? No, not at all. In fact, there's this prosperity gospel that's out there in the church that's just not biblical, right? You know the prosperity gospel out there that says, well, listen, if you follow Christ, then everything in your life's going to be smooth and good. You're going to get advancements in your career, and your bank account's going to rise, and you know everything's going to be just hunky-dory. If you just become a Christ follower, it's all going to be good. No, that's just not in the Bible. In fact, it's the opposite. If you follow Christ, if you claim that identity in Christ, you have to understand this isn't your world, and you're going to live counterculture. And when you live counterculture, you're going to experience difficulty. You're going to have challenges. You're going to be in the fire. You're going to have troubles. It's just part of what it is, right? John, Jesus, speaking to his followers, says, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. That's where it comes from, our identity, promise. Here on earth, where you're a foreigner and a stranger, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. What should we expect? If you're following Christ, you need to just expect you're going to have seasons of difficulty. You're just going to have seasons of difficulty. That's part of, what, part of what it is, to claim that identity and live under that promise. If you look at 2 Timothy again, speaking to Christ followers, he says, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. Does that sound like a maybe, might, could, should, maybe, oughta? Or is it a will? It's a will. That's just one of the, it's just one of the things we know, Right? We know that when we stand for Christ, we're going to be persecuted for that. The evil one wants to do everything it can to make us compromise who we are in Christ, to make us forget the promise spoken over our life, and to make us fit into the rest of the world. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's all the pressure that's on them right now. Now, you know what's really amazing about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you remember how old they probably were? First series. That's why you need to come every week. First series, right? Do you remember how old they were? Yeah. They were anywhere from what? 12 to 16 years old. They were teenagers. They were in junior high. What is the one thing you wanted to do more than anything in junior high? I don't know about you. I wanted to fit in. Right? They're junior high kids. They're teenagers. They're teenagers. Young people, if you're a teenager in the crowd, you need to hear this loud and clear today. Teenagers, you can stand and make a witness for Christ. It's not about age. It's about attitude. 
teenagers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They understand troubles are going to come their way, but they know who they are in God, and they know that they belong to Him, and their identity is Him, and they live under a promise, and they're willing to step into the troubles and take a stand. That's the way it is. We know who we are in Christ. We know the promise has been spoken over our life, and we know, hey, sometimes there's going to be seasons of difficulty. It is the way it is when you follow Christ. It is what it is. The king's not so happy about this. They're taking a stand. Nebuchadnezzar became furious about it. He flies into a rage. He commands that the furnace be heated up seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing fire. So they tied them up, threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. Because the king in his anger had demanded the fire was so hot, the flames killed the soldiers that threw the three men in. Stinks to be them. Amen? Yes. <laughs> Jeez, king, can I call in sick today? There you go. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. That's where they went. They knew that up front. They knew that up front. And that's where they went. What's the deal? Read the story. Read Daniel 3. And you'll find out when they went into the furnace, when the three of them went into the furnace, they went in there not alone. But a fourth person appeared in the furnace. That's what we know. You will never face a season of difficulty alone. You'll never face a season of difficulty alone. Because there's somebody else who already came into the world and he sacrificed everything. He came into the world and he faced the trials and the difficulties and the hurtful words. He faced the whip. He faced the cross. He stepped into the anguish so you'll never be alone. There is no trial. There is no furnace that can be so hot that can keep Christ from being in the middle of your life. That's the promise. We can step into that furnace and have an attitude of sacrifice because we know there's nothing we're going to face that Jesus isn't already there. They go into the furnace, and he's already there. Now, what's interesting, a little kind of scholar thing there, what's interesting is in the text, in the Hebrew text, that fourth person, it's clear, the identity of that fourth person in the furnace is a precursor to Christ, even in the Old Testament. It's a precursor to Christ being in that furnace. That is awesome. That is reassurance for us. What does it mean for us? It means for us that when troubles come, we have an attitude already embedded in our life of sacrifice. We just have an attitude of sacrifice. We understand, like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, life isn't about us. Life isn't about us. It's about the God that we know. Life is about serving Him. Life is about bringing glory to Him. Life is about pleasing Him. And we live for an audience of one. It's about him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego can go into the fire because they know they have an identity in God. They live under his identity and his promise. And look what they say. They say, listen, King Nebuchadnezzar, 
you can throw us into the fire because our God's going to rescue us. And then they say this, but even if he doesn't, that is an amazing statement, even if he doesn't rescue us, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. That is an attitude of sacrifice. They know, listen, whatever my life is about, it's about whatever God wants to do. That's where we are. That's where Christ Church is, I hope. That's where I hope we are, right? Whatever God wants to do with this church, that, it's about what he wants to do, not what we want to do, right? It's all about him. It's all about him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego give us that lesson of sacrifice. Paul did too. Look at the Apostle Paul. Oh my God, did this guy know some hardship, trouble, some fire? Yet he says, for I fully expect and hope that I'll never be ashamed, but that I'll continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. As long as I bring honor to Christ, doesn't matter. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Paul, all the saints before us, they've all gone into the fire. They've all had those difficult days. They've had those seasons of difficulty. And what's pushed them forward in life is understanding an attitude of sacrifice that says, I know who I am in Christ. I know I live under a promise. And the world cannot take that away from me. Regardless of the pressure it puts on me to compromise, it cannot take that away from me. And my life is about something more important than just me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they step into the fire. They're rescued from the fire. The officials, the governors, everybody crowds around. <clears throat> they bring them back out of the fire, and they see what? Not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched, and they didn't even smell like smoke. How cool is that? They go into the furnace, and they come out, as if it didn't even happen. That's amazing. But that's what God can do. And there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day when the trumpet sounds and it's going to be the heavenly band, not Nebuchadnezzar's band. And the angels are going to appear and all of us who go through the struggles, the trials, are going to rise with Christ and we will be glorious with Him for eternity. And the world can't take that away. And the world can't give that. The challenge for us is to understand we in this time and in this place need to take a stand. We are people who stand. We stand counter to the world. We stand in the middle of the world for Christ. And we know who we are. We know who we are in Christ because we live under that promise. And whatever the world tries to do to us, whatever hardship we have to face, it is an attitude of sacrifice that says, listen, my life is about something bigger than me. My life is about something bigger than just how I spend it or how I want it. My life is whatever God wants. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are rescued. Nebuchadnezzar praises Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He also ends up saying, listen, their God is an amazing God. He sends out the same decree that any people, race, nation, language, anybody speaks against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... They're going to face trials because why? There is no other God who can rescue like this. And here's the kicker. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, not only are they rescued, but they get higher positions in the province of Babylon. How good is God? How good is God? Folks, I want to encourage you from this series to just take that time to look at your life and be able to look at your life as an opportunity. You see, so often when difficult seasons come, we see them as challenges and interruptions. The truth, there are opportunities because it's only in the fire that you may be able to make and understand the testimony that God wants to make through your life. It may be only through the fire that God is able to elevate your life to make the witness like he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't fight the fire. The fire may be exactly the place where you discover how awesome and incredible our God is. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for the promise that you speak over our life the identity that you give us in Christ that cannot be taken away from us, and we are unwilling to compromise, that we will just take a stand in who you have made us, and we will live as those people under the promise. And so we ask today that you would just strengthen us in this word, help us to be like Daniel, to be like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, help us to just stand knowing that those seasons of challenge will come, but we know who you are, we know who we are in you, and we know you are able, and we know you'll meet us in the fire because you have proved it when you gave your son Jesus over to sacrifice. So be with us now and encourage us, we ask, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.